Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know. Your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know. A falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. Before we get to loose change, I'd just like to bring some numerological uh, reference to the events of 9-11. Let's take a look at the number 11. The number 11 has been linked to mystery and power since ancient times. All forms of number research and study, including numerology, the ancient science of Gematra, and the sacred wisdom of the Kabbalah, all give significance and importance to 11 and 11 derivatives. 22, 33, 44, 55, 66, 77, 88, and 99. The number 11 is considered a master number. The First Great War, World War I, ended on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. To this day, victims and veterans are reminded at, this, at that specific time. In Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, the number 11 is described as a curious number, and reaching your 11th birthday is an event. The U.S. skip sequence numbers on, a, on the Apollo moon missions to ensure it was Apollo 11 that landed on the moon. In ancient Egypt, King Tutankhamun's tomb had, uh, had combinations of 11 in the jewelry he wore. And he had 11 oars placed on the floor surrounding his tomb. The number 11, and particularly the number 33, have significance to Freemasons and other secretive groups. In addition, there have been thousands of people worldwide who have recently expressed a strong feeling towards 11. There has been widely reported, uh, this has been widely reported for the last 5 to 10 years and now is commonly referred to as the 1111 experience, referring to the time of 1111. 
The overwhelming, the overwhelming quantity of 11 surfacing from the events, people, and places related to September the 11th, 2001 attack is remarkable. It's as if someone planned the events to occur around the number 11. If that was not planned, then the coincidence of the numbers seems more mysterious and improbable. We've also found an 11-year cycle in Osama bin Laden's life. The life-changing events occur every 11 years when Obama, when I'm sorry, when bin Laden is 11, 22, 33, and 44. We have uncovered several patterns of 11s that have occurred before, during, and after the attacks. For example, the dates. The date of the attack, 9-11. Well, if you take 9 plus 1 plus 1, that equals 11. September 11 has 9 letters and 2 numbers. 9 plus 2 equals 11. The number 9-11 is the telephone number for emergencies in North America. September the 11th is the 254th day of the year. So if you take 2 plus 5 plus 4 for 254th, that gives you the number 11. After September the 11th, there are 111 days left to the end of the year. On March the 11th, 2002 marked six months since the attack and fell in the 11th week of 2002. After we listen to some of the significant clips in Loose Change, we'll come back with more fascinating facts about the number 11 and how it relates to the terrorist attack on America on September the 11th, 2001. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. And as soon as we come back, we'll be going straight to the clip of Loose Change. And after the clip... I'll open up the lines and we'll talk more about the significance of the number 11. Oh, still, here we are, the year 2009, eight years later, and Osama bin Laden still has not been brought to justice. I don't know about you. I find this rather strange. Like, don't they want to catch him? And if they don't, why not? These and other questions we're going to try to answer here in the Exxon. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My dialogue with divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017. And the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our Rise Retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha and I'll see you in mystical Maui. March 13, 1962, Lyman Lemnitzer, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, presents a proposal to Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara named Operation Northwoods. The document proposed staging terrorist attacks in and around Guantanamo Bay to provide a pretext for military intervention in Cuba. The plans included starting rumors about Cuba using clandestine radio, landing friendly Cubans inside the base to stage attacks, starting riots at the main gate, blowing up ammunition inside the base, starting fires, sabotaging aircraft and ships on the base, bombing the base with mortar shells, sinking a ship outside the entrance, staging funerals for mock victims, staging a terror campaign in Miami, Florida and Washington, D.C., and finally, destroying a drone aircraft over Cuban waters. The passengers, 
federal agents in reality would allegedly be college students on vacation. A plane at Eglin Air Force Base would be painted and numbered as a duplicate of a registered civil aircraft belonging to a CIA front in Miami. The duplicate would be substituted for the real plane and loaded with the passengers. The real plane would be converted into a drone. The two planes would rendezvous south of Florida. The passenger-laden plane would land at Eglin Air Force Base to evacuate its passengers and return to its original status. The drone would pick up the scheduled flight plan and, over Cuban waters, transmit a mayday signal before being blown up by remote control. The plan is rejected by McNamara, and President John F. Kennedy personally removes Lemnitzer as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. December 1st, 1984. A remote-controlled Boeing 720 takes off from Edwards Air Force Base and is crash-landed by NASA for fuel research. Before its destruction, the plane flew a total of 16 hours and 22 minutes, including 10 takeoffs, 69 approaches, and 13 landings. August 1997. The cover of FEMA's Emergency Response to Terrorism depicts the World Trade Center in crosshairs. February 28, 1998. The Global Hawk, Raytheon's unmanned aircraft vehicle, completes its first flight over Edwards Air Force Base in California at an altitude of 32,000 feet, cruising altitude for a commercial jetliner. 1999, NORAD begins conducting exercises in which hijacked airliners are flown into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. June 2000, the Department of Justice releases a terrorism manual with the World Trade Center in crosshairs. September 2000, the project for a new American century, a neoconservative think tank whose members include Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Jeb Bush, and Paul Wolfowitz, releases their report, entitled, Rebuilding America's Defenses. In it, they declare that, the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event, like a new Pearl Harbor. October 24, 2000. The Pentagon conducts the first of two training exercises called NASCAL, which simulate a Boeing 757 crashing into the building. Charles Burlingame, an ex-Navy F-4 pilot who worked in the Pentagon, participates in this exercise before retiring to take a job at American Airlines, where, less than a year later, his Boeing 757 allegedly crashes into the building. April 2001. NORAD plans an exercise in which a plane is flown into the Pentagon, but is rejected as too unrealistic. June 2001, the Department of Defense initiates new instructions for military intervention in the case of a hijacking. It states that for all non-immediate responses, the Department of Defense must get permission directly from the Secretary of Defense. Attorney General John Ashcroft begins flying on chartered jets for the remainder of his term due to a threat assessment by the FBI. July 4, 2001, Osama bin Laden, wanted by the United States since 1998, receives medical attention at the American Hospital in Dubai, where he is visited by a local chief of the CIA. July 24, 2001, Larry A. Silverstein, who already owned World Trade Center 7, signs a $3.2 billion, 99-year lease on the entire World Trade Center complex six weeks before 9-11. Included in the lease is a $3.5 billion insurance policy, specifically covering acts of terrorism. September 6, 2001, 3,150 put options are placed on United Airlines stock. A put option is a bet that a stock will fall. That day, put options were more than four times its daily average. 
bomb-sniffing dogs are pulled from the World Trade Center, and security guards end two weeks of 12-hour shifts. September 7, 2001. 27,294 put options are placed on Boeing's stock, more than five times the daily average. September 10th, 2001. 4,516 put options are placed on American Airlines, almost 11 times its daily average. Newsweek reports that a number of top Pentagon brass canceled their flight plans for the next morning. San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown receives a phone call warning him not to fly the next morning. Pacifica Radio later reveals that this phone call came directly from National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice. And in Pakistan, at a military hospital, all of the urologists are replaced by a special team in order to host their guest of honor, Osama bin Laden, who is carefully escorted inside to be watched carefully and looked after. September 11th. 2001. The National Reconnaissance Office in Chantilly, Virginia, is preparing for an exercise in which a small corporate jet crashes into their building. NORAD is in the middle of a number of military exercises. The first, Vigilant Guardian, is described as an exercise that would pose an imaginary crisis to North American air defense outposts nationwide. The second, Northern Vigilance moved fighter jets to Canada and Alaska to fight off an imaginary Russian fleet. Three F-16s from Washington, D.C.'s National Guard at Andrews Air Force Base, 15 miles from the Pentagon, are flown 180 nautical miles away for a training mission in North Carolina. This left 14 fighter jets to protect the entire United States. We have a problem here. We have a hijacked aircraft headed towards New York, and we need you guys to, so we need someone to scream with some F-16s or something up there to help us out. Is this, is this real world or exercise? No, this is not exercise, man. Uh, do we want to think about uh, scrambling aircraft? The first question I have is basically to get from you a, a sense of how you would rate the American media in their coverage of the events of the attack last September. Well, let's see. Uh, shamefully is a word that comes to mind. This just in, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. But overall, the uh, American journalism was cowed and intimidated by the uh, this uh, massive flag-sucking, this uh, patriotic orgy. You know, if you criticize the, the president, it's unpatriotic, and there's something wrong with you, you may be a terrorist. So, so in that sense, Hunter S. Thompson, there's, there's not enough room for dissenting voices? Well, there's plenty of room. Uh, there's not enough people are willing to take the risk. I don't know whether we've confirmed that this was an aircraft or, to be more specific, some people said they thought they saw a missile. There was definitely a blue logo with like a circular logo on the front of the plane. Um, it definitely did not look like a commercial plane. I didn't see any windows on the side. Mark, if what you say is true, those could be cargo planes. You said you didn't see any windows inside? I didn't see any windows inside. It was, it, it was not a normal flight that I've ever seen at an airport. It was a plane that had a blue... Uh, logo on the front, and it just it did not look like it belonged in this area. It's just sort of a, uh, a herd mentality. I mean, 
lemming-like mentality. If you don't go with the flow, you're anti-American, therefore a something. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. Virginia. Hani Hanyor allegedly executes a 330 degree turn at 530 miles per hour, descending 7,000 feet in two and a half minutes to crash American Airlines Flight 77 into the ground floor of the Pentagon. We're going to hold it right here and we'll come back to loose change on the other side of this commercial break. 
We're going to be having a 9-11 week here on the Exxon. We're going to be bringing in experts from all of the aspects of avionics and aviation, as well as military, to try and put some semblance of sense into what really did happen on September the 11th, 2001. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. He executes a 330-degree turn at 530 miles per hour, descending 7,000 feet in two and a half minutes to crash American Airlines Flight 77 into the ground floor of the Pentagon. approach took it directly across Interstate 395, knocking white poles out of the ground and bouncing off of the lawn before impact. First, let's meet Hani Hanyor. Hanyor had come to Freeway Airport in Bowie, Maryland one month earlier seeking to rent a small plane. However, when Hanyor went on three test runs in the second week of August, he had trouble controlling and landing a single-engine Cessna 172. Well, my name is Marcel Bernard, and I'm the chief flight instructor here at Freeway. Hani Hanjour. Well, basically what happened with him is uh, he showed up at the airport and wanted to get uh, checked out in the aircraft. See, he was already certified. He didn't come to us for flight training. Yeah, he already had a pilot's license. He had already earned... Uh, his private instrument commercial at a school in Arizona, and I don't remember the name of the school, but I already had certificates in hand, and uh, we sometimes, uh, occasionally have pilots that come to us that don't want flight training, but just want to uh, rent our aircraft. Which is the case of Hani Hani. This is the case of Hani. He wanted to get checked out, as we call it, to rent our aircraft. And our insurance requires that he flies with one of our instructors to be found competent to rent. Mm-hmm. And that was the process that he was going through. The consensus was that he was very quiet, uh, average or below average piloting skills, mm-hmm. English was very poor, 
So I don't know where to. You know, that's about the best description I can get. So give you for, for his, his demeanor mm-hmm. at times. Very, you know, uneventful from our perspective. Regardless, air traffic controllers at Dulles International Airport that were tracking Flight 77 all thought that it was a military plane. Second, the light poles. On November 22, 2004, a private jet en route to Houston to pick up George Bush Sr. clipped a single light pole and crashed a minute away from landing at Houston's Hobby Airport. The wing ripped off upon impact, scattering debris over 100 yards. And yet, Flight 77 managed to tear five light poles completely out of the ground without damaging either the wings or the light poles themselves. Instead, they seem to have just popped out of the ground. Third, you only have to look at the photos from that day to realize that whatever hit the Pentagon did not bounce off the lawn. If Flight 77 had crash-landed and skidded into the Pentagon, it would have looked like this. Instead, it looked like this, without a single scratch on the lawn. Fourth, why is there absolutely no trace of Flight 77? You know, it, it, it might have appeared that way, but from my close-up inspection, uh, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. The only site uh, is the actual uh, site of the building that's crashed in, and as I said, the only pieces left uh, that you can see are, are small enough that you could pick up in your hand. Uh, there are no large uh, tail sections, wing sections, uh, a fuselage, nothing like that anywhere around, which would indicate that the entire plane crashed into the side of the Pentagon. Uh, and the official explanation is that the intense heat from the jet fuel vaporized the entire plane. Indeed, from these pictures, it seems that there is absolutely no trace of a Boeing 757. But if the fire was hot enough to incinerate a jumbo jet, then how can investigators identify 184 out of 189 people found at the Pentagon? The Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory, which was responsible for the task, was also responsible for identifying the dead in Shanksville. Keep that in mind for later. So what is a Boeing 757 made of? I called Boeing to ask, but... The operator informed me that Boeing refuses to give out any information regarding the construction of their aircraft due to the attacks of September 11. But what we do know is that a 757 has two Pratt and Whitney engines made of steel and titanium alloy, which are 9 feet in diameter, 12 feet long, and weigh 6 tons each. Titanium has a melting point of 1,688 degrees Celsius. Jet fuel, also known as kerosene, is a hydrocarbon, which can retain a constant temperature of 1,120 degrees Celsius after 40 minutes, but only if the fuel is maintained. The fuel would have burned off immediately upon impact. Therefore, it is scientifically impossible that 12 tons of steel and titanium was vaporized by kerosene. Likewise, the two engines should have been found relatively intact at the Pentagon. Instead, there was a single turbojet engine approximately three feet in diameter found inside the building. After this photo was published by American Free Press, readers wrote in to suggest that the turbine was a piece from the auxiliary power unit, APU, mounted in the tail section of a 757. 
Chris Bolin contacted Honeywell in Phoenix, Arizona, the manufacturer of a 757 APU. An expert, speaking on the condition of anonymity, told him that there's no way that that's an APU wheel. Bolin then contacted Pratt & Whitney and Rolls-Royce, the two companies that manufacture 757 engines. Pratt & Whitney pointed Bolin towards Rolls-Royce, and John W. Brown, a spokesman for Rolls-Royce, told Bolin that it is not a part from any Rolls-Royce engine that I'm familiar with. In an article written by Carl Schwartz, President and Chief Executive Officer of Patmos Nanotechnologies, LLC, and INET Security Systems, he believes that the piece is a JT-8D turbojet engine from a U.S. Air Force A3 Sky Warrior. The piece in the FEMA photo is the front shaft bearing housing. Jet engines have a center shaft, which must be balanced, as well as bear seals on the front and back. The photo shows the front seal and a rotor hub missing its fan blades. These blades are easily removed in a collision such as the one found at the Pentagon. The United States Air Force has only a few A3s left in operation, and they are stored in Van Nuys, California, at Hughes Aircraft, which is now better known as Raytheon. So if this piece didn't come from a 757, then where? And where are the engines from Flight 77? The second identifiable piece of debris was allegedly a piece of the fuselage. Skeptics have claimed that this is proof that Flight 77 hit the Pentagon. But this piece could have come from any American Airlines plane. And why is it not singed or scratched after a 530 mile per hour impact and the subsequent fireball? The third piece of debris was a diffuser case. Let's look a little closer at the diffuser case of a 757. Do you see the triangular bezels around the openings? Those are nowhere to be found on the case found at the Pentagon. The remainder of the debris was light enough to have been carried by hand, and employees at the Pentagon were seen carrying away a large box shrouded in a blue tarp. Why the mystery? If Flight 77 was vaporized on impact, it would be the first time in aviation history. For example, August 15, 2005, Helios Airways Flight 522, a Boeing 737 en route to Athens, Greece, crashed into a hillside at full speed. 121 passengers, all dead. Fire. Tail sections. Wing sections. Engines. Cockpit. Bodies. Catch my drift? Fifth, why is the damage to the Pentagon completely inconsistent with a Boeing 757? These photos were taken before the roof of the outer ring had collapsed. The only damage to the outer wall is a single hole, no more than 16 feet in diameter. A Boeing 757 is 155 feet long, 44 feet high, has a 124 foot wingspan, and weighs almost 100 tons. Are we supposed to believe that it disappeared into this hole without leaving any wreckage on the outside? Why is there no damage from where the wings, or the vertical stabilizer, or the engines would have slammed into the building? Remember how big the engines were? If six tons of steel and titanium slammed into the Pentagon at 530 miles per hour, they would bury themselves inside the building, leaving two very distinct imprints. And yet, the only damage on the outside of the Pentagon is this single hole, with no damage from where the engines would have hit. 
wire the windows next to the hole completely intact. Wire the cable spools directly in front of the hole completely untouched. And as for the inside of the Pentagon, there's another hole, approximately 16 feet in diameter, found on the other side of the C-ring, three rings from the impact. For that hole to have been caused by Flight 77, the Boeing would have had to smash through nine feet of steel-reinforced concrete. The nose of a commercial airliner is composed of lightweight carbon. This is what usually happens to the nose of a commercial airliner in a plane crash. If the nose caused this hole, where's the rest of the debris from the plane? There you have it. These are just some of the questions that we're going to be asking and uh, checking into during our 9-11 week here on the X-Zone. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free. My name is Rob McConnell, and if you'd like to give us a call and tell us what you think happened on nine eleven, lines are open at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. We were talking about the number eleven and how it played a very significant part on September the eleventh, two thousand and one. Well, let's take a look at the flight. Uh, American Airlines 11 and the target. The first plane to hit the towers was American Airlines Flight 11. The Flight 11 call letters were AA11. A is equal to 1. A is equal to 1. So AA equals 11. Four of the hijackers on flight American Airlines 11 have the initials AA for their names. Once again, using uh, the, the numerical equivalence to the alphabet, AA equals 11. The fifth American Airline 11 hijacker was the pilot, Mohammed Atta, 11 letters, and AA is in his last name. Flight AA11 had 92 people on board. 9 plus 2 equal 11. Flight American Airlines 11 had 11 crew members, 2 pilots, and 9 attendants. 2 plus 9, 11. The target of Flight AA11 was in New York City. New York City has 11 letters. The state of New York was the 11th state added to the Union. Manhattan Island was discovered on September the 11th. 1609 by Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson equals 11 letters. Trade Center is 11 letters, and Skyscrapers is 11 letters. World Trade Center Towers is 22 letters, is 22 letters, or 2 times 11 equaling 22. The World Trade Center Twin Towers standing side by side, look like the number 11. The World Trade Towers are each 110 stories high. The first World Trade Center tower hit, the North Tower, collapsed at 10.28 a.m. So if you look, uh, if you take that, 10.28 a.m., you take 1 plus 2 plus 8 equals 11. 
The first fire unit to arrive at the World Trade Towers was Fire, uh, fire Department New York Unit 1. Unit 1 lost, are you ready for this, 11 firemen. World Trade uh, Towers collapsed to a height of 11 stories. After 99 days of burning, New York City declares that the World Trade Center fires are extinguished. And, of course, you've got 99 days, but that's just 9 times 11, equaling 99. More of these fascinating facts and figures of the 9-11 conspiracy, the 9-11 flight, the 9-11 mystery on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, everyone. Let's go to our phones. We have David in Ottawa joining us now. Hi, David. I've got two more. Elevens for you. Okay. U.S. President. Eleven letters. There's another one, George W. George Bush. Dush, my next one, George W. Bush. Eleven letters. The Pentagon. Eleven letters. I, I don't know what to believe, but I will say this. 
as horrible as it might be to think that something like that could be done by an outside force, how much many, many, many times horrible to think it could be done from within. Especially when we look at the big picture of on how much power was given to the American government, the Patriot Act, the unequivocal uh, disbursement of, of billions of you know, billions of dollars, the the invasion of the Middle East. You know, with the fact that the uh, the Secret Service and other offices that should have been open on September the 11th were closed. And if that would have been a normal day, the amount of fatalities and casualties would have been significantly higher. Exactly. As I say, I, I don't know what to think. Conspiracy, yes. Conspiracy, no. Uh, the thoughts are horrifying. You know, I, I I sometimes think that the reason why they are not going full out to find Osama bin Laden is they don't want him found because he knows the truth. Well, based on what I was listening to on, on the clips from Loose James, he was practically in their hands while this was happening. Yeah. Plus, the CIA had paid for his uh, liver uh, his liver ailment while he was in hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, so who knows? This is why, come uh, September, we are doing an entire week on 9-11. We're going to be speaking to fire officials from the city of New York, police officials, FAA officials, members of the United States Air Force, pilots, commercial pilots, military pilots. And we're going to take a, a, a good look at this entire scenario. And you know who the judge is going to be? The people. That's right. I'll give you an analogy of, again, whether it's done from inside or outside. Can you imagine if, if somebody came to my house and killed my family? God forbid. How horrible. Yeah. But how can you imagine if my brother came to my house and killed my family? How much more horrible? Many, 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 many times. Maybe that's why we, we can't believe in conspiracy. It's just too horrible to believe it. You know, I I, I had a I, I still have a good friend. His name is Clyde Lewis, and uh, he is uh, with KBEAR in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And we were talking one night on the phone, and I said, "Why do Americans believe so much in conspiracies, Clyde?" He said, "Rob, it's very simple. Our country was founded on a conspiracy." Dave, we have to say so long for tonight, but I thank you very much for calling. Take care of yourself, good sir. Food for Thought Exonation. In September, a full week of investigating 9-11. To my producer tonight at Master Control, the one and only, Sir Alec. Alec, thanks a lot for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and on G3, and of course on TalkStarRadio.com, streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And to you, the Exxon Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are in this great big world.